Hi, this is Frank, the co-host of the show. Just a quick advertisement and we'll get started. The show is brought to you by Viral Marketing, which is my firm, and Chris Waters, who offers a way to scale his real estate team systems fast and profitably in your market. I mean, he's done over a thousand transactions a year in Austin. It's a business in a box, if you will. Anyway, I encourage you to go to getviral.com and download a free copy of our official video marketing plan that we recommend uh, you implement to stay in better touch with your database uh, using video and social media and email so more people call you to list their home. I also want you to go to themilliondollarrealestateteam.com and get yourself a free copy of Chris's book he wrote on how he earned after expenses, this is net profit, $1 million in only three years since starting his team. So that's it. No more commercial. And let's get to the show. One, two, three, go. Roll. All right, do it. The Listing Lead Show. So welcome back, everyone. This is Frank Clesitz, your co-host of The Listing Lead Show, where we figure out what top agents around the country are doing to get listings and go on appointments and take listings in this really hot market that we're dealing with right now at the time of this recording. And because uh, we're heading into the fall after Labor Day and September. My co-host is Chris Waters, running one of the top real estate teams in the country, especially in Texas out of Austin. Chris, say hi. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the show. We have a different one for you today. We've been interviewing, you know, some of these huge, giant teams of what they're doing in these things. Today, you're going to be Mickey, all right? And she's going to tell us what she's doing for get listings in Charleston. Mickey, I want to get right to the point. What are the top three things you're doing to get listings? What are we going to talk about in the show? What is the number one thing you do right now to get listings to sell houses? Tell us. Hey, tell hey us Mickey, hang on, Mickey. What we have to do is we have to... We've got to heckle Frank for all the background noise after he heckled us for how good our microphones are. He's got his nanny in the in the background making noise, doing dishes, cooking him chicken. <laughs> I know. We're we're all coming over for dinner, Frank. That would be awesome. Yeah. Wow. I spend a lot of my time on these shows just trying to get good audio, and I'm always the one that screws it up. So I'm now no longer outside the kitchen. So what's your number one lead source, Mickey? What's your number one way you get listings? And then we'll tell me number two and three. Let's get all three done up front. And then we'll go all deep on all three today. What's your top okay. one? Well, my my number one lead source is actually reviews. So I work really hard with every single client to make sure they post reviews on Zillow or we're posting reviews on Google. Um, so I get a lot of come list me calls just from people Googling top realtors in Charleston, South Carolina, and they find me and they read that I am not a crazy person. I am very normal, nice, have a good business plan and get their houses sold. So um, that's the number one source. And then second, I would definitely say is our medical community. So I work really closely with a lot of physicians and nurses, dentists, um, those folks in our area. And I work hard to try to get their business. I'll go in before COVID, I would go in and give in-person lectures in our medical school um, and just talk about the importance of homeownership. And when they're ready to leave their medical training, then we'll get come list me calls from that. So that's a big source. And then the last is that's just very repeat. unique. I'm excited oh, yeah. to talk about that. Yeah. And then the, the last is um, repeat and referral business. We just treat our buyers really well. If you love on your buyers, then you're going to eventually have listings if you've been in the business long enough. Okay. Let's start here. I just typed in best realtor in Charleston. You show up? God, I hope I come up. Let's send out. I'm typing right it? now, Mickey. Yep. The, so the, number one, on. the number one organic result is the 10 best real estate agents in Charleston on Yelp. Number two is Zillow.com. Number three is Property Shark, the 20 best realtors in Charleston on social media. Number four is US News. Ooh, who is the top real estate agent in South Carolina? Yeah, pretty competitive. So you're telling me people find you by typing this in. Is that right? They do. They do. We haven't. Most people go to Zillow in our area. That's just a really popular lead source in our market. And then we've got people that move here. We're a very popular second homes area. So um, people from out of state, from California, from Texas, from Tennessee, from your areas, they'll type in Zillow. 
you know, find an agent. We pop up at the top usually. And so, they go, so they go to Zillow. They're not going yeah. to Google. Would you say so they're going have, to, I'm sorry. Would you say they're going to Zillow to find you or are they going to Google to find you? You know? So we have over 500 positive reviews on Zillow, and that's probably our biggest capture for business. Let's take a look. Yeah, you're number one. Wow, look at you. You are number one on Zillow, Mickey. When you type in Charleston, that is really cool. 545 total reviews, 256 local. That's great. And then, you know, uh, Jeff Cook is below you. Has 1,300, but he ranks lower. He has more reviews, but he's in number two position. Why is that? That is a great question. <laughs> I mean, I'm no, really. really. I mean, type it in I right really now. Don't know. Someone has more than double your reviews, but they're in number two position on Zillow with you. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I'll find out. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's why good. That. You want to be number one. All right. So yeah, I'll take it. So give the audience a little background. How long have you been selling real estate? So I got into real estate in 2004 in Florida. I was initially licensed, but didn't really do a whole lot. I had one small child then. And then I got into real estate more. I started my real estate brokerage and the awesome year to start a real estate business in 2008. (laughs) So started a company then and I was actually a teacher and a high school guidance counselor before I got into real estate. So, you know, crushing it financially was going to be pretty easy moving from the education industry. So in real estate in 2008, everybody was getting out. You know, 2009 came, the market was falling apart. And I was actually making money, making more in my second year than I did teaching. So everybody's like, oh, this is horrible. And I'm like, oh, I'm rich. This, this is, is great. fantastic. Yeah. So <laughs> that's awesome. That's funny. No, that's a good that's perspective. Awesome. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, it's Chris, all about my, perspective. Uh, my mom was a fifth grade band teacher for 30 years. She taught fifth graders band, like band, like clarinet, flute. 30 years, fifth grade band teacher. That was my mom. How so is I, her I, hearing? I, uh, good, but she's, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I know that the pay wasn't very much. And I know if I'm all into real estate and saw a commission check, even one would be like, whoa, this is amazing. So I can, yeah. I can kind of relate to that, Nikki. Yeah. So, all right. So you're selling, you've been doing it since then. When did you take online reviews seriously with Zillow? What year? So I actually had one of the agents in my company um, in around 2012, I think it was. She started doing some Zillow advertising and was like, oh, this is pretty cool. You should try it out. So I started going in and that was back when Zillow was early on and it was really cheap for getting business. You could, you know, pay 500 bucks a month and get really awesome leads and a good flow of them. Things have changed since then. It's a lot more expensive. Um, But I had another agent at my company kind of get me started. And from there, I realized how powerful the reviews were. So as soon as Zillow offered the opportunity for clients to review you, I took advantage of it. And I had all the agents on my team every time we closed, you know, post a review, post a review. Our transaction coordinator helps us make sure that people go in and post reviews. So we are very adamant about giving great service and making sure everybody gives us a review. Do you incentivize staff or the agents to get a review written online? Or is there any kind of like, you know, downside if they don't get a review? Like no. what's the enforcement mechanism besides telling them over and over you have to get a review? Yeah, that's a good question. Like we recently started um, offering some like some incentives, like some money toward our clients, like Amazon gift cards if they write reviews on three sites for us. So. And we started doing that and see, you know, people just appreciate it. Like we've never had issues with people writing a review, which is awesome. Um, But we just started saying, well, hey, let's reward people for this because everybody was doing it on one site like Zillow. And that's pretty easy. But then we wanted to like up our Google review game. So then we've started getting people to post there as well. So and then Realtor.com. So if we get people to post in those three places, there's an incentive for that. 
How much money do you pay the consumer if they write a review on all three websites? We get them a $50 gift card. And is that powerful enough incentive to get them to write it on all three? Well, I, I don't want to sound like snobby from doing this, but most of them say like, we don't need money. Like we loved working with you. It was so awesome. You know, we'll do this. And so it's just, you know, it's a blessing for us to be able to give them that. So Chris, have you ever heard of like the promise? You ever heard of that kind of in space? Nikki, is that familiar to you at all? Have you ever heard that? Well, you ask them at the beginning when you meet them, if, if um, you yeah. exceed their expectations, will they make a promise to write a review and refer someone to you? Yeah, that type of concept. Like, I guess what I'm getting at here, Mickey, is like, when do you start the expectation that you're going to ask for a review? That you, you kind of Google the promise. It's kind of something around the space. Like, you start at like the second, your very first appointment, like on the listing presentation, you basically say like, you know, there's a script of like, I'm kind of expecting a review at the very end. Like, when do you kind of bring up the expectation or the asking for a review in the customer's journey? Yeah. I mean, we bring it up from the beginning. So when I go on on a listing presentation, I bring in a presentation that shows some of our reviews on it. So people are seeing that up front. Most people came to me because they saw the review. So I I feel like they want to be part of that. They want to be part of that experience where, okay, I love this company. I love this team. I want to write a great review too. Um, and then on the bottom of my email signature, we always have a link to all my reviews. And um, we just are constantly asking our clients, what else can we do for you? You know, here's this. We've checked this off the list. What else can we do for you? It sounds like the silver bullet is the verbal communication throughout the customer journey to get the review and obviously doing a great job for them. What, what's the total number of transactions you'll get as a result of people finding you in the organic search results due to your online reviews? Like what's kind of transactions will you get? Yeah. I mean, we have, I looked like we have, we do about a hundred. I have a smaller team and then a larger team. And so we'll do about a hundred transactions a year. And about a third of those are from reviews. When do you like, so, all right. So you set this up, you, let them know, like, if I provide good service, obviously in your listing presentation, like, look all the reviews that we have. You probably found me from the reviews. I'd love to earn a review from you too. And like, people get it, right? And then you probably bring up throughout the transaction, like, how are things going? Is there anything we need to improve? And your your whole team is like, just oriented to like getting the review. It's like a culture thing to do really well, which is good. Um, when do you actually ask them to write it? Do you ask them like a couple of days before closing? Because usually if you ask afterwards, they're moving and they forget to do it. Can you tell me like, how you kind of pin them down to ask them and when? Yeah, we do it. We do it at the closing. So, or not really at the closing, right after they've closed. You know, we love serving you. My last call is always, um, we do a lot of power of attorney closings now where our clients aren't at closing. That happened a lot during COVID. So um, my call to my clients, they have signed virtually or they've had an attorney sign for them. So I always call the listings and say, oh, my gosh, have you seen your money in your account? And that is like the highlight. They see the cash that they've gotten on the listing in their account. Mickey, They're like, yes, I've I got never it. heard that. That's brilliant. In all my years, it's always been like before or after closing. You call them the money, the, mon- the moment the money is wired in the account. Yes. I'm oh, like, do great. you see your money? Please tell me that you see your money. And they're like, we Yes, I it. do. I got it. The money's here. Yeah. And then we're all celebrating. And then I'm like, I would love, you know, I loved working with you. Thank you so much. We're going to send you some links to write reviews. Please do this and call me if you're ever in the city again, if oh, they've moved out. I love it. You know, that kind of thing. But I have found, I once had a negative comment from somebody that closed power of attorney and the attorney talked to them, but I didn't talk to them until the next day. And my client got really upset with me. And so from now on, I'm like, nope, I'm calling and say, okay, everything's fine. And then I call a couple hours later and I say, do you see the money? <laughs> That's great. In your account. Yeah. Yep. So I love that. you. The script is, did you get the money? Do you see it? Great. It's time for a review. Awesome. Okay. Do you use any kind of software to remind people to write a review? Yes. Yes. We have follow-up boss and in our follow-up boss account, when we move somebody from an under contract buyer to a closed buyer or an under contract seller to closed seller, um, there is a link that automatically sends to them that sends them a review. 
great. Um, so when you're on the phone and they get that link, I'm assuming it says, hey, would you please not only write it here on Zillow, but could you also write it where else? Google. The Google, Google My Business. Right? And Realtor.com. And Realtor.com. Those are the three that you're doubling down on. Yes. Um, what happens if they don't write it right away? Do you have like a system to like kind of call and follow up? Like what's your kind of, how far do you go before you say, yeah, we're not going to get one? We do. We um, will call, we'll set a follow-up and follow-up boss for a week, a couple of days later and just say, hey, you know, I just resent you those links for a review. We would love for you to write one. Um, and we don't, we don't get it every single time, um, but it is pretty darn close. Good. Are they filling all three? Yes. Since we started doing the Amazon gift card helps with doing all three. We have people consistently do one. Um, I would say we're almost, you know, at a hundred The Amazon card helped with all three. Yeah. And then did you um, just copy and paste like one review to all the other sites and they write in like custom ones? No, no, they just no, copy, copy and we copy tell paste. them like, please just do the same review, make yeah. it as easy as possible. Easy peasy. And then who, who just curious as to get you complete, who monitors they were actually posted and then sends out the gift card? Gift um, staff that. Yes. So that would be our admin that does that. Is there a certain type of client that you get from online reviews? Like, is it a higher end client? Is it, you know somebody on the water is it like what's the avatar of the type of person that's looking you up and finding you through online reviews yeah that that it is everybody i mean we'll get you know first time home buyer like neighborhood sales and then we'll get people that have luxury property so i don't really know that i've seen a consistency with the type of person that brings in Because everybody wants to work with some. I mean, I look for reviews if I'm ordering pizza, you know, I mean. One of the things that we did is um, I created a leavekatiareview.com. So my wife's in real estate. So if you go to leavekatiareview.com, you can pull it up and you can say, we'll give you 25 bucks if you go post on Google My Business and you go post on the Better Business Bureau. We kind of go after the Better Business Bureau. And Yelp, even though Yelp is terrible. None of the reviews get through. I should probably just ask Yelp. I don't um, do Yelp. I'm trash. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a hard thing to get. Yeah. You know, it's only worthwhile if someone's like an existing Yelp with history on there. But um, you may want to look into that, Mickey. Like go buy, leave Mickey a review or something like that. It's just kind of one central website. Everyone can use it, drives to, and gives them the instructions to leave reviews. And that's worked really well for us. That's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Pretty cool. Well, let me ask you this. Is there any other ways that you use those 500 some reviews in your business to help you out with that people find you online to get listings? Oh, you bring with a listing presentation, obviously. Yes. Right. But what else? Are there any other ways that you use them, creative ways that the audience could take away about how to use the reviews in the marketing? Yeah, we um, post reviews on social media. So, um, and I try it a lot to create um, just some interest and some like confidence in our team members, because a lot of people will want to work with the team lead. And that's, you know, how I run and operate, but I don't show buyers. I work as our listing agent. So people will see me and they'll want to work with me, but I try to get reviews for our buyer agents and for other people on the team. And we post those on social media um, to just try to add just some confidence in working with other team members too. Got it. So they're mentioning the names of your other team members of I've worked with, not just not your name 500 times. Oh, yeah. No, those 500 yeah. summer reviews are not just about me, for sure. Cool. All right. Well, I don't have any more questions on reviews. It's just focus and getting them and time over time. Chris, how many does your team have on Zillow? Um, I think we're uh, very similar to Mickey. Somewhere between five and 600 on Zillow. And then... You know, I think we have 500 on Google. It's tricky, right? Just as Mickey stated, like getting them to write it on all three platforms. I don't think I have anybody writing it on all three, um, but I'm, I'm definitely going to take your idea, Mickey, and give it a shot. We're we're sending out gift cards to clients now to write just one review. So I love the idea of asking them to write three um, for that. Chris, gift card. go create, go, uh, you know, go leave, leave Chris a review or something like that.com. So it's really simple. 
And it just has like, here's the instructions. Here's how to get your word. Here's the links. Do this. And I found that really, really helpful. All right. So let's move on. Lead source number two. Um, medical profession. Interesting. That's a nice little niche. Okay. Um, tell us really briefly how you ended up kind of in that. What, what, what window opened for you to even pursue that? Yeah, well, uh, really my life. <laughs> I got married to my husband as, when I was 22 and he was a medical student. So at 22, we were married and then we were in Charleston four years while he was in medical school. Then we moved to another location for his residency. Then we moved to another location for his fellowship. Then we moved back to Charleston for him to be in practice. So I moved um, to five different houses in 10 years. And I was like, wow, the medical profession has some crazy analytics with how they move. Like, It's you probably just, fairly predictable, too. It's very predictable. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of how I got into it. I thought, well, we can help medical students buy something when they move here. If they have a spouse that has an income, you know, students can't really get approved for a mortgage. Um, so that's an, a group. Medical residents actually have an income. And that's where I started my business. So the first couple of years in real estate, my first year, I sent out this flyer, a picture of me and my husband, and he was wearing his like medical jacket and looked like a doctor in the picture. And I was with him, sent out this one page flyer to all the incoming medical residents in Charleston. And How'd you got, get that list? Do what? How'd you get the list? Well, it is public information on the website for, uh, or no, no, that is something different. No, what I did back then was I sent my flyer to all the coordinators for each individual residency. So I just took this, I took the flyer around, I took a box of chocolate to people. Like I was low budget in the beginning. Everybody's like, oh, well, you're married. There can't be that many coordinators of residency. I mean, how many medical schools no, are in Charleston? There are 16. So in Charleston? 16, 16 residency wow. coordinators oh. that represented 130 incoming residents. So there, how many how many schools is it? It was one medical school. One medical school, but there's 16 residency managers correct. dealing with okay. the 150 new doctors coming in. Correct. And you, on the website, got their information. So I just knew. My husband went to medical school there, so I knew where these people worked. So I literally walked around to each office and said, here's a flyer. Here's what it looks like. Here's a packet full. I think you have 30 people coming in. I gave them a stamped, non-addressed envelope, and they would address them all and mail them out to all those 130 incoming medical residents. Whoa, hold on. That's so brilliant, Mickey. You well, walked around. my life. That, like, that's what talk I Talk about, Chris, talk about affiliate marketing <laughs> and how, how, how proud Dan Kenny would be of the endorsed letter. That's impressive. Oh, my goodness. So you got 16 affiliates to mail your letter out to their list of incoming residents. Yes. That's incredible. <laughs> that's now, amazing. When two marketers hear that, we just feel like, that's really cool, Mickey. It cost me 16 boxes of chocolate and stamps for all of that. And I got four sales from it. How, how, did you, how did you, so you walked in with like 30 envelopes saying, please address these and mail them to all the residents? Yes. And they're just like, uh, okay. No, I mean, Thanks it's for the chocolate. Thing. It's actually a thing. <laughs> People have done it before me. So I was like, well, I know that realtors did it when we were at that point of medicine, like in residency, they would send stuff to us. So I'm like, well, I'm going to do that. I'm married to a doctor. I know what all this is about. Um, Chris, we need to unlearn what we've learned and, and go back to like such foundational principles of what Mickey just shared. I love that. Well, now it's not a letter. Now they just email everything email out, yeah. and I send a video, which is nice. So I'll just do a video. Hey, I've been working with medical folks for the last 15 years and I would love to serve your family when you move to Charleston and, you know. That is just brilliant. And then I guess they just call you at that point. 
and then they reach out and I just call them, you know, if you want to rent or if you want to buy, it doesn't matter. Call me. I want to walk you through this. I've been married in medicine for 25 years now, and I just know what you're going through. So call me and you can buy something or not. I'm going to tell you, you know, what life is like. What about the, uh, what about the HR department that's bringing the big wigs to come into the medical facility? Yes, I have done that too. And that I got burnout on that a little bit just because you will get, we do interview or excuse me, we'll do community tours is what I call it for doctors that they're interviewing at the local hospital. So I would do that. I drive them around when they're interviewing and people mm-hmm. would accept or they would not accept. And it, I just got kind of burnt out on it. I did do that for a while and got some good clients from it, but I like the not driving people around and showing them the city and then they end up taking a job and you know somewhere so, else. So I want to be clear to the audience. Let me ask I wanna I wanna ask a quick question. Chris uh, microphone closer. Mickey, knowing what you know now about how to go after the medical industry to, to acquire customers, knowing what you know now, what would you have done differently going back in time to accelerate how fast you got clients in that industry? Hmm. That is a good question. Um, I, I probably would have done, I mean, it sounds funny, but back when I did this, it was kind of pre them emailing things out to incoming. It was literally the packet that they would have to mail. And I just did a one page flyer. I probably would have put a lot more community information in that flyer like in a packet that I mailed to them, I literally mailed them like a one pager about me. Um, but now I've upped the game on that. I send video so people know, feel like they know me. You know, I'll talk to them and say, reach out to me, reach out to my husband. We're here to be a support to you as you transition into your medical residency here in Charleston. So I, I've improved on that. If I had the capability of sending video back then, I would have done it. But I don't think... You know, I don't know if we were even doing that in 2008. Yeah, I, I was the flip cam came out like in 09. I was just kind of playing with the idea of viral marketing. Yeah. It was very new then. Yeah. But the videos are really great. And yeah. like you, you connect with people on a different level, which Frank, I'm well, plus sure. Plus, they go check out your video blog and see everything about who you are online, which probably helps yeah. too, because it's a building I've met you before. Right? Yeah. Yeah. What I want, what I want to, asking too is like obviously this is the listing lead show where we try to talk about listings right you know someone's maybe thinking these are all buyers yeah but we want to be clear they're going to have to sell when they're done with residency because they probably move they move out right yes they do so it's a Got twofer it. so what you do is you help them coming in buying and that well it's actually really three transactions if you can help them buy when they come in then you can help them sell in three to five years or all the residencies so they move out in three to five years And then they oftentimes move to another medical training facility. So you're doing a referral. So you're doing buy sign, three to five years later, you're listing and doing a referral to the new city. So just for anyone that just has no idea how doctors are trained in America, just walk them through what residency and fellowship and just that, what that means. So you go to start in college. Yes. You graduate college with a degree. Let's explain everyone. Yeah. So um, you have to go to a four-year college. Then you get accepted to medical school, which is another four years of your life. And then at the end of your fourth year of medical school, or you will be matched with a residency program. So then your residency training, you can be an internal medicine doctor. You can be a pediatrician. You can be an ear, nose, and throat doctor. You can be a surgeon, you can go to all these different types of residencies. So those last from three to five years. Then after you do that, you can do more training if you want. You can do another two to fellowship. three years as a fellowship. So, and then after that, they cut you off of training and then you're a real doctor at that point. And then you probably move to wherever your hospital or whatever you're going to do. So you're usually moving right after, you know, into residency, all those times for the most part, aren't you, Mickey? Yes. Yes. So medicine moves you like you don't get to choose. You interview and you take, you move wherever they take you. Man, that is a lot of schooling. (laughs) That's a lot. 
It is. My husband did nine years of schooling. He did four of medicine, medical school, three of residency, two of fellowship. Jesus. Yeah, my sister's uh, 30. She's an anesthesiologist in mm-hmm. Bellevue in Manhattan. And she's gone through the whole process. Mm-hmm. Like she's just ending her fellowship. She's wow. been in school ever since. She's like 30, 31. Yep. <laughs> yep. yep. He finished school at 32 and started when he was 20. Well, you know, started after so I just college think, at 22. Is there anything else you want to share about? I just think you're building r- relationships with the people in charge of the residents coming in the hospital. Yeah. Which people had to kind of find their in and find that list and do exactly what you did. Right. And then you probably have a very specific list, I would think, in your database of these are all the residents. <laughs> are you doing anything special to stay in touch with that list segment in your list of the doctors throughout yeah, these so, years? Um, so we use Follow Up Boss. And with that, we have a connection to YLOPO. So once people... You know, if they buy with us, that's great. If they buy with another realtor in the market, that's okay too. We'll try to find them on various websites for residency pages. And if we can locate who they are and find out through the tax records if they're homeowners, then we're able to send them listing alerts through YLOPO. So we'll find all these local residents. And I mean, this takes a lot of work. It's a lot of So you, so you get the list of all the residents and you're looking up who's a homeowner? Yes. So you take their name and you go search on the tax records, you see they're at home? Yes. Chris, make sure we buy houses, we buy them in nameless trusts because <laughs> we have the Mickeys out there, right? <laughs> I know, but I'm so hopeful. Mickey is, uh, is, a, <laughs> this is, is great. Very, so smart. Well, yeah. I just do this. Like I said, I want to be helpful. I get who's a homeowner. I send them YLOPO seller alerts so they know how much the value of their home is. So are you dressed like, are you like leveraging your husband and his doctor uniform and all the marketing when you market to the residents? um, Like how hard are you going on the marketing of like positioning yourself looking like the doctor realtor? Yeah, I, well, we have, we'll talk about in a minute. I've, I keep my DR Moves website. We own a, a referral company called drmoves.com. So we leverage that more than any, more than him looking like a doctor now. Got it. So you're kind of operating this as a separate referral entity from your main business. It's a yeah. separate brand and image. We do. We have, it's a separate company from what's the, my what's your, It's what can I share? What is it? Um, drmoves.com. And what is that? Um, it is a website that physicians and physician assistants, all medical people can go on and they can find where mortgage lenders give them 100% financing in some cases. So they can find specifically great- if you're a doctor. Yes. There's programs for that? Yes, there are. Hmm. Yeah. So. Wow. We advertise those people that offer those products for um, medical personnel. So that, and then we advertise realtors throughout the country that have specific experience in working with physicians. Wow, good. That's incredible. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. I mean, do you have a coaching program? It's only this. I have to ask. No, do you train I don't agents do. on that list? I don't do a coaching program. I just interview people that say. You might after this interview. <laughs> they'll call me and they'll say, yeah, I mean, I love it. It's so fun for me to talk about like how we help the medical community here. And it's very easy to translate into other. And it's very people. stable. I don't think that's going yeah. anywhere ever. No, God, I hope we always have doctors. It just reminds me of good marketing is always the riches are in the niches. And when yeah. you're trying to compete, you know, you want to attack on a narrow front, you know, and that is such a narrow front and a niche. But I don't think like a Zillow or Open Door is going to win against you on something like that because the relationship from the residence manager sharing that with you. And I'm assuming that's how they get the list of the residents as you earn the trust and they share that with you. No, no. I, I go and look on various websites and see if I can find names. I mean, it takes a lot of digging. So I'll look at medical school websites and try to find information. Oh, because they'll put the residents up on the websites and you just yes. manually list build it that way. Yes. It's a lot Good of work. for you. And then you look yeah. up their name on the tax record to see if they own a house. Bingo. Oh, that's so great. could somebody can somebody sign up on Dr. Nose as a referral partner to get Dr. Leads through your website? 
Um, we don't get, well, we do. We actually connect agents um, to the website in different areas, and then we'll connect them with a realtor. So we don't have realtors in every area and every medical community in the country yet. You know, maybe we will. That's kind of our goal. It's drmoves.com has kind of taken a back burner to our real estate company. We're hoping, you know, maybe at some point somebody might buy it who wants to really give time to it. But it's hard to my husband's a full-time physician. I run a full-time real estate team. It's hard yeah. to give the time that Dr. Moves needs to it. You know, I'll tell Mickey, you. Mickey, what would you do to reach out to all the people across the U.S.? Um, what would you do to reach out to them to get in front of these uh, residents? The, the doc, you know, future doctors and residents. So, I mean, it really, if we connect with agents that are familiar with the plan that we do, that helps. I'm not really. I guess like, is there like, let's say there, you had an unlimited marketing budget. How would you go um, drive traffic to this Dr. No's website um, to get, you know, really high quality prospective uh, future doctors to go on there and find a realtor? Yeah, we would we would reach out to the coordinators in the medical universities like we've done here. So we would do that and say, hey, give out our website, do our moves to your incoming medical residents, give out this website to people coming in. So it really helps to give that information to the people at the medical university that are in charge of hiring people. So you would have some like a so if you had an unlimited budget, you would have yeah. an inside sales team on the phone all day, yeah. and then you would send them some cho- chocolate covered strawberries <laughs> and, a- and ask them to mail yes. on it. Here's a, here's another question I want to ask too: is um, so Chris, we're trying to find contractors for you know flips and stuff that we're doing, and the Department of Labor I found lists all the licensed contractors. There's one. They have a license. And I could, uh, you can't quite download it, but it's pretty easy to put a VA in there and just copy and paste it and get it all. And then I can start reaching out to all the contractors saying, here, here's the job, will you bid it? Got it? So it's a really easy way to kind of find contractors. Here's my question. Could you do the same thing? Is there a public website that if you're a physician, you're a doctor, if you have your license, medical license, is that public information where you can buy that list or go to a government website and manually build it? Ooh, my husband might know the answer to that one. I'm, I'm not sure. Because you could easily do a um, have someone look up tax records that way at scale and, and do an outbound email text campaign saying, hey, if you ever want to move, you know, there's a lot of realtors. We specialize in, the doc- in doctors. Come check this out. Yeah. What do you think, I mean, Chris? Some, of the, some of the hospitals will have um, like an inventory of physicians, that kind of thing. So you could do it on the hospital level, maybe. Yeah. And they're probably all homeowners too. You just don't know the home yeah. address. That's Frank, the, you, love, could, love, you could like scrape all the hospital websites across the country and build a Rolodex. Uh, you could probably pull their email addresses. Oh, easily. Potentially their you know, cell phone I, numbers. I, I will tell I you though, if the audience is listening to this, just from a personal perspective, Mickey, what you're doing of typing in someone's name to the Doug, to the county assessor's website or the register of deeds to find out what their home address is. Right. Um, that is how you do high level executive prospecting. If you're trying to get into like, the owner of some fortune company or you're trying to like sell something that, you know, someone's really high up in an organization, uh, you find out what their home address is by typing it in and chances are they put the home in their own name mm-hmm. and there's their home address. And then the beauty of there is just a nice FedEx package right to the house. And it's how you get through. And that's really cool that I hear that because that's one of my secret weapons in my own marketing that I use. Yes. Yeah, tax records are <laughs> yeah. such a helpful tool. Yeah, absolutely. Is there anything else you want to share with the audience of just opening their minds a bit on, I'm just taking away um, building relationships with the people that bring in the residents and getting them to promote you to those residents that you're available as a realtor and they probably need you and then holding on to those relationships throughout the whole residency, fellowship, employment journey. Right. And then, I mean, it's just, it's a lifelong relationship. We're in a second homes market and these are doctors. So I try to help them when they are the broke medical student. And then if you're in real estate long enough, they become physicians and they're ready to buy a second home in Charleston. So how much is mortgage quality? I'm just curious. Sorry. Uh, I really want to know mortgage qualification for a doctor on an expensive home with student loan debt. 
do these loan programs like ignore that? the student loan debt? Because it's hundreds of thousands of dollars from these doctors. Yes, it is. That is a great question because some of these doctors will come out of medical school with two and $300,000 of student loan debt. So um, there are certain banks and mortgage companies that provide physician loans and it's 100% financing within certain period of your training usually, or maybe you're seven years or less in practice or some of them. They do not count your student loan debt against you. Oh my goodness. See, everyone here, everyone listening to this, that's the message you put to the residency person, you know, saying, hey, yeah, you know, I want you to tell everyone I'm a realtor and I can help them and I specialize in this. But like these residents don't know about these loan programs. They're probably a little fearful of what their student loan debts are going to be on the loans. Well, they probably don't know about this. Can we get it out? I would assume that's, that's a huge message, Mickey. It is. We partner with um, some local loan guys here that are top doctor loan um, people. You know, they they focus on doctor loans. Nikki, I'm going to call my sister and tell her about these programs. I didn't even know about it. She might be like, I know about yeah. it. Yeah, I need she needs to figure out how to, She needs to figure out how to buy a condo in Manhattan so she can walk to work. Oh, gosh. I know. <laughs> Maybe Manhattan yeah, she works. She works in more Manhattan at Bellevue. So... Hey, I've, I interviewed somebody recently that's a broker in Manhattan, and he said a really great building to buy in right now is the Trump buildings. <laughs> my sister's I know, I'm the, being, oh, I'm by being the way, she's on the opposite end of the political spectrum of that, and I'm no, literally no, no, going to email I'm, her I'm and being, tell her I'm, listings. No, I'm being dead serious. <laughs> right. Like What this broker told me is, is like the Trump buildings are trading, you know, 20% below market value. And some of the buildings are rebranding their name. And as soon as they take Trump off of it, the value goes back up. up. So it's kind of an interesting flip play. Dude, we're going to make an offer on Trump condo. (laughs) (laughs) Only if they are willing to change the name. They got to change the name to get the price back I don't know if they'll do that one on the main one in downtown. I don't see that one happening. I was in uh, I was in Vegas this past weekend and I saw the Trump Hotel and I was just wondering I'm like I wonder how this hotel is doing it looks pretty busy so yeah. you know so yeah. all right so medical students that was that was great Mickey thank you for sharing that sure. let's move on to the third thing you're doing to get for listings and you said that's your sphere it is so just over the years you know my goal is to just feed you know I have four children so I say feed my database like it's a hungry toddler. Or teenager. I have teenagers now. They're even hungrier. So we just get names, email addresses, phone numbers, follow up with people. These are past clients. These are internet leads, all kind of people. But we just stay in touch with them. And for getting listings, the YLOPO seller alerts are just golden. Before I did YLOPO, I would use our MLS and I would set people up once they bought a home, I'd set them up to receive monthly alerts of homes that are active under contract and closed in their neighborhood. And they get that once a month. So when it's time for them to sell, they would say, Hey, thanks for sending me these alerts, you know, over the last several years, come and list my house. And so that's nice. But YLOPO makes it really nice to just put in the address and it sends them um, a home valuation on a monthly basis. So. Are they integrated with HomeBot? Yeah, HomeBot. That's it, what it's it HomeBot, is. It's right, HomeBot. It? it is HomeBot yeah. through YLOPO. Mm-hmm. And then your lender actually pitches it on HomeBot, I believe. Yes. Yeah. And HomeBot's pretty cheap. I think it, that's probably one of the best, one of the better, you know, yep. from what mm-hmm. I hear, uh, you know, home valuation type drips yeah. once a month. Yeah. Right? It was Market Snapshot for a long time. Yeah. The top producer. You guys remember that? Oh, yeah. Yep. yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so they get that. What else? Uh, what else are you doing to stay in touch with your list? Is there any other uh, touch plans or parties or drippy mails or anything else set out? So, I mean, we used to do client parties before COVID. I don't know that I'll do one this year, but we have you know a client party once a year usually to reconnect with people, send them an invitation. Um, but that combined with just our drip campaign, I have an inside sales associate, and she does a great job following up with our new leads and also our closed leads, just checking in, seeing if they need names of contractors, things like that. And the way I've really built my listing business is just by serving buyers over the years. The buyers, if you take good care of them, you know, they become listings. Yeah. Chris, every person we interview, we always try to get like the cool stuff out of them, but they always give us this boring, always boring, boring, feedback database database. every single time. Yeah. Yep. 
And I think if you're watching these shows, uh, you're listening rather, uh, you're picking up on that uh, consistent theme. You know, we well, the last couple episodes we've talked to some juggernaut teams, and they're spending millions of dollars. And no matter how much, no matter what production level you're at, or how much money you're spending, the one consistent message is feed the database. And ultimately, you're spending all this money to feed the database. And and there are more uh, more affordable and more reasonable ways to do it uh, beyond spending a fortune on Chris. When you're, mass recruiting, media. when you're recruiting agents that are in the business, how many? Don't have a CRM. Um, Does anybody the do ones it? I'm recruiting, like ninety nine point nine percent of them. Like, how is it even possible? Like, what are they doing? Posted notes. I mean, so you no, know, really, I'm really my, curious at this level yeah, of the game. Like, I mean, how the, do you yeah, the truth, So I, I, you know, my philosophy when it comes to recruiting agents for the team centric model, where you're paying for leads and you're giving them tech and you're training and mentoring them, is like I think the sweet spot is finding somebody six months to two years in the business. And so they might have like the freebie CRM version at their brokerage, but they're just so green. They have so much to learn. And um, they just, most of them don't understand the concept of feeding a database and building a database and, you know, how important it is. Um, so it's it's just a na- it's just the nature of the type of agents we're trying to recruit. You know, I think most people that are uh, successful that are, you know, selling a couple dozen homes a year, I think probably 80 to 90% of them have CRMs. Yeah, but the people that you talk to just had never even thought yeah, I mean, about even just putting the people into a system and having some type of systematic long-term touch plan. It just doesn't. I mean, for most people getting in real estate, they just don't even think that's something they need to do. When did I you mean, learn they, that was something you had to do, Mickey? That's crazy. I, I mean, I remember when I didn't have when I didn't have many people in my database. Um, and I, before I started buying leads, um, we would always buy pumpkins every year. That was one of our like old school. We would take pumpkins to all of our previous clients this time of the year because the market slows down. And then like my pumpkin list grew very long. And I was like delivering 150 pumpkins at one point. And I was like, okay, it's time to get a database. And get now you would drive to them or they come to you? Oh, we had three agents and some high schoolers I would hire. So you were driving to them. Yeah, we would drop it off with a little note and stuff like that. And, you know, our market slows a little bit at this point in the year. So it was great. It was October at the beginning. We would, you know, wish people a happy Halloween, that kind of thing. But that's when I knew when that pumpkin list and my drive time got a lot. I was like, oh, gosh, I need to get top producer. That's what I started with. Oh, yeah. 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 I remember that producer. I mean, yeah. they're still around. Does it ever come up when you're recruiting? I think, I think they are. Yes, yeah. it's still around. I keep my old um, top producer list just in case I need to go back and reference it. Got it. So when did you actually put your CR in place? 2008, 2009? Oh, gosh, no. It was passing. In 2008 and 2009, I probably did... I did four sales my first year in 2007 in Charleston, and then I did like 10 sales the next year. Um, so it was maybe 2010 when I started using Top Producer, maybe 11. What's the number one objection you're getting? Number one concern, number one pain point on listing presentation that you're overcoming to get you listing? Where do I move? If I sell my house, you? where do I move? How are you solving that, Nikki? Um, I just did a viral video on it today, believe it or not. Yeah. So I love investment property. So, you know, my number one go-to is to tell people, let's just look for a less expensive home than you wanted to buy. Have you moved in that six months? Like, he's probably in that right now. He may have. Yeah. So you sit in it. And then that is going to be your investment property. You live in it six months while you scout out the market, you find your dream home, you buy it, and then you rent out the place that you've been living in. So I Chris, Chris I go to MickeyRamey.com. Type it in. <laughs> is that now, HealthyRealty.com? Now, now, everyone knows, now everyone knows the link. It's Mickey, M-I-K-K-I-R-A-M-E-Y.com. And uh, that's her video. A strategy for sellers worried about buying. You look great, Mickey. Yeah. What camera are you using? And uh, webcam are you using a what? A Logitech. You're on the webcam? Your webcam is yep. great. Yeah. They're just getting better and better. 
Okay. Thanks, Frank. I don't look great, too. I see how it is. <laughs> I'm not looking at yours. It just, it just looks good. I mean, it looks I'm just very well kidding. Done. I'm kidding. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, um, yeah, so you guys want to see the videos that make You're going to have to go get your uh, your uh, PhD and uh, go to residency to have a chance with Mickey, Frank. MickeyRamey.com. <laughs> uh, look at her videos. That's what she sends out. It's good stuff. I'm just kidding. Totally jerk. Yeah. And, um, I think, do you send those out before your listings too to win them? Like, does anyone go to your video blog beforehand? To, no, uh, but I should. Like, look at it? That's good. No, I should send yeah, that. Yeah, you should. I mean, so look, you're showing up with like, I'll never forget. Um, I want to tell a very brief story. If anyone knows like Jay Abraham, he's like a big marketing guru. Yeah. If you're listening, if you're listening to the podcast, you probably have somebody this guy is. You know, um, he has a ream of paper, Mickey, that he sends his prospective clients before the appointment, like a ream of paper of um, letters of recommendation. And you can probably Google um, Jay Abraham um, recommendation letters or success stories, and you'll find a PDF like in the Google results of like a thousand letters of recommendation. So I want you to imagine the thud factor of like before an appointment of like showing up in the mail, like this ream of paper of like what people say about you. And you have the equivalent of that with your Zillow reviews. You follow me? Yeah. But it's not just the ream of paper that shows up. It's a box of books. It's here's all the books and white papers and all the knowledge and recorded seminars and workshops. And you can just binge for thousands of hours on me before our appointment. Follow me? Yeah. And those two things... He says, add to the price elasticity like you wouldn't believe of what someone will pay for him. In addition to an extremely involved questionnaire that someone else helps them fill out before the appointment. And you can actually Google it. It's called the J. Abraham Monster Questionnaire. It's like 200 some questions. But if you want to, the way he is able to get his appointments is between you know, the, the, thud, you know, the reviews and all of the uh, published knowledge and a very involved needs analysis and questionnaire. Price is no longer an option on the appointment if you have those three things before it. And you have the reviews. Is there a place you can get a list of that, um, get like a PDF file of that massive yeah, binder of papers? Type it in right that now. That Jay Abraham sends over? Right Not the questionnaire. No, the, the, yeah, the, the, the list, the, the Jay Abraham success stories PDF. Uh. There it is. 423 actual case studies. It's called the document's called 900 case studies. It says the Abraham file, measurable and tangible results. 423 actual case study success stories, endorsements, testimonials, first-hand accounts, and second-hand biographical chronicles, chronologicals of how various proteges, clients, seminar attendees, and book buyers improved their sales, grew their business, increased their profits and cash flow. Oh my God. <laughs> And dude, this is 1,391 pages. It's on Google. We'll Google it. It's the first result. Oh my God. See? <laughs> so imagine, imagine like, before an appointment, like that shows up at your doorstep with a box of books and someone calls you and say, before you speak with Jay, I need like three hours on the phone with you doing these now. So he's fully prepared. You're like, whoa. Wow. So the reason I share that is the equivalent of the of that is you know a link to your reviews right make you send out before every appointment send yeah. me your blog that's okay. your books yeah i will do and then, it and then maybe just throwing this out there maybe your assistant calls and says hey before mickey comes out we want to do a full needs analysis and some stuff maybe you send a runner out to get photos maybe you get some measurements you know do some things like to really do a good needs analysis ask questions Mm-hmm. Um, before the appointment, which adds the price elasticity of someone to spend money with you. So when you show up, like you're just totally positioned and you have all the information you need to consult the seller. And you're not just showing up blind of like, hey, I'm here. Who are you again? <laughs> right? Which you don't do, but yeah, right. so a lot of people, they do that, you know? That is awesome. I, I will do that. And then in addition, I will, if they're on the fence, I will have them delivered Nothing but cakes, like a cake or some cupcakes from this store yeah. that is like life-changing cupcakes. And then that's it. I always get it after the cupcakes. <laughs> cupcakes. Oh, yeah, sure. It's true. Those too. It's true. You know, I will tell you, um, I went to Jay Abraham's office for like uh, for a consultation. 
Mm-hmm. And I will tell you what really stood out to me is they, 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 they had all the possible drinks that you wanted. So whatever you wanted to drink, non-alcoholic, but there was like, like all these different types of beverages. Those was, was a nice little touch. It's like, oh, yeah. it feels good. It feel very nice. So that's good. You got that. So anyways, Chris, you like the Jay Abraham story? It was good, man. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go look that up. I mean, I actually pulled up the PDF. That's yeah, it's pretty right ridiculous. It's stupid. And the it's monster questionnaire, ridiculous. I just yeah. Googled. So. Yep. And then, um, and like I said, uh, uh, then obviously, if you if you Google J. Abraham, thank you. Once you opt into his list for J. Abraham on the thank you page, it says, hey, thanks for opting into my newsletter. But I decided to give away all of my knowledge, really, because it's being stolen and treated and no one's buying it new economy but you know you can download free pdfs of all of his books all of his seminars the thank you page just google j abraham thank you you'll get the thank you page is like the first search result and all of his intellectual property is there for free to download so you know there's all this positioning going on in addition to an assistant calling up and doing is very involved kind of i'll use a nurse doctor relationship right you see the nurse right first before you see a doctor yeah you always speak to the nurse first for the interview and Mm-hmm. So, anyways, that's enough about that. I thought that was interesting, Mickey. About that's good. My reviews and sharing your video blog. Yeah, she's gonna start calling. <laughs> I like yeah. it. So let's wrap up. What um anything else you could share with the audience that's been helpful for you to get listings? Uh, those things that we talked about are really important. I've, I've gotten to the point where some of my team members, I'm training them to go on listing appointments and. Um, so that's kind of fun. You know, a lot of agencies will just keep listings for the, you know, lead agent. And I like to see my team succeed. Like I'm happy as I've had a lot of turnover and I'm sure, you know, all teams, that's a struggle with all teams. So the more I've been in business, the more I think I just want our clients to be happy and feel cared for. And, above and they do. That, and you had the reviews for it. Yeah. And I want my team to feel like we're a family. So, you know, I don't want them to feel like I'm hoarding this or that. I want to give them the, all the success that they want. So that's a new thing that I've started doing. I'm teaching my team members to go out on listing appointments and, and do that too. A little nerve wracking, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Chris, when was when was the moment you decided you're not doing listing appointments anymore after all the money you're dropping on marketing and you're sending out someone else and you had a panic attack? When was that and how did you deal with it? It was June of 2013. And in the first, you know, it, it, Tony Robbins says you're either going to make change because it's so painful, you're, you're forced to, or the opportunity for gain is so great, you're compelled to make change. And for me, it was that, that moment of pain. Um, I think I, I had, it was 200, I'd gone on 267 listing appointments by the end of June. And like, uh, you know, it's if crazy I saw, you even know that number from 2013, that must have been so painful. Like, That's like burning your head. Dude, I, I remember like, I just, you know, I was popping Xanax because I like would literally start having panic attacks and freaking out in my head because you know, my cell phone's ringing the entire listing appointment. I don't even know the names of the clients. I have so many listings. I've got so many deals under contract. I can't keep them together. I, If I saw the inside of another closet and heard another seller tell me how great it was, I was going to shoot myself. Like, I just, <laughs> I was done, man. I, I was mentally toast. And I could not, I literally was like, I, I told my inside sales guys, like, I can't go on another appointment. Like, we got to find somebody. <laughs> like, I'm done. My brain's done. Well, there you go. What a great answer, Chris. <laughs> I love it that he knows the date. He's like, he does know the June. date and the exact number of appointments he gave up. Yeah. It was a it rainy was the day. Of, it was the end of June, 2013. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, good for you, Mickey. You're, you're, so you're starting to scale up where someone else goes in the appointments and you're staying behind. Yes. Yep. I'm getting there. I mean, I've done it with buyers. So listings, I mean, should be able to be somewhere. Invite some of those agents into your next videos. Do it with them. See Mickey, with I, this is a little a plug for something I do, but I don't do it. I don't do it to make money. I have um, I have this. It's the only thing I I teach. It's a class called C, the CEO Masterclass, and um, it's all about uh, recruiting and selecting talent, and kind of like your ramp up of agents, and you know dials into the um, selection process. 
some of the origins or inspiration of a lot of this stuff came as a result of something I read about seven, eight, eh, maybe nine years ago um, in a book called The Rare Find. And um, specific to agent turnover, there were a couple things I had to realize is one, if you're implementing the team model in your business, you know, you serve a very specific uh, time period in an agent's career trajectory path. And you have to understand that at a certain point, your value proposition diminishes and they they could move on, um, especially if they're not going to get into a leadership role. So that was one point I had to figure out the hard way by giving up. You know, I, I changed the commission splits to try to keep people. And that was a huge mistake. Um, and, and then the second thing I realized is like, you know, real estate agents that are producing at a high level selling dozens of homes per year, are the rare find. And when you get to that point as an individual or as an agent, you kind of take for granted what you're doing, you know, and in fact, you're kind of hungry for more. You're like, how do I do more? And then you, you know, you compare yourself to people and you're like, oh, I'm not doing that much. But the truth is you you are a rare fa- find if you're doing a couple of dozen transactions. And so there's the book, The Rare Find by George Anders is fantastic. He, he goes into a couple of different types of organizations that hire elite level talent that have to perform at, you know, five to 10 X what the average, you know, industry player does. And so um, what we talked about in the CEO masterclass is that most of us believe the selection process occurs during the interview, but in fact, the selection process is when you see them taking action in the first 90 days. And so it's, you know, there's very key things you're looking for in those first uh, 90 days. You know, the first one is, you know, very behavioral. How do they treat other people? That's, you know, ultimately what's going to drive the mindset of your fellow agents. So you're looking for those people that are, you know, complimentary of others, you know, high five in, opening the door from a distance as a leader. You pay attention to these behavioral things that drive that positive mindset to make people want to show up. And then the second month, you start figuring out who's coachable. Like, are you are they coming back to you trying something after they didn't even try what you told them to do? And then month three, it's their commitment level. You start seeing who starts falling off. So anyways, um, yeah, the um, uh, CEO masterclass, Mickey, you should totally check that out. Uh I'm I'm happy to send you a, a link for it. How and, many agents um, a month do you up. onboard to your classes, Chris? So I I so like I just don't have a lot of time to do it. So I only do one class a month. No no um, no, not not for CEO masterclass. I'm saying how many agents for your team in Austin do um, you take so, through onboarding to get them trained? Yeah, agents? So, so um, we onboard five to seven agents every month, like clockwork. And on day one, we tell them that we are going to do everything humanly possible to make you succeed. But we are looking for a very select type of individual. And on average, only one out of three people end up making it at the end of 90 days. And for some people, it scares the shit out of them and they go away. And for some people, they raise up to the challenge. But it's it's in those first 90 days where we identify who's going to actually make it. And, you know, my average listing agent is selling between 90 and 120 homes, each one of them. It's not like a fluke. You know, they're each selling 90 to 120. Um, and so... You know, and there's a lot of pieces of that, right? You know, it's inside sales and marketing and, you know, they have support with leverage. Um, but anyways, finding uh, elite level talent is like prospecting. You've got to devote a, an entire, you know, a, a lot of time to it. And um, you've got to treat it kind of like a funnel, like the lead generation game where you, you know, you fill the top of the funnel with hundreds of leads and then only a few drop out at the bottom. It, it's very similar when it comes to talent. And everybody complains and says, you know, I don't have, you know, my agents, it's like herding cats and it's like, you know, everybody complains about all these issues, um, but, you know, that they're not spending enough time actually prospecting and talking to prospective agents to join their team uh, so that they're coming from a mindset of abundance versus, you know, scarcity trying to fill a seat. Chris, we should do a whole episode where it's just a monologue with you. And I think it'd be brilliant. I think you're gonna be my next guest. Let's just do me and Chris. <laughs> I'm I love it, man. I'm just, I'm I know, Mickey, I'm listening too. Yeah. You know, um, Mickey, what's funny is uh, Frank uh, reached out to me, I guess, I don't know, it was four years ago, maybe. Was it three, four years ago? And Frank said, dude, I want to just ask you questions for three days and let's turn it into a book. And so, um, Mickey, I we sat on the beach on Coronado near Frank's house. I think for eight, nine, 10 hours on Friday, eight, nine, 10 hours on Saturday, another eight, nine, 10 hours on Sunday. And you hear in the recording, Frank snoring on the third day at nine o'clock. And I'm saying, Frank, are you awake? (laughs) I fell asleep during the recordings. Uh, And the best part uh, is he sent me the transcript where it's like Frank snoring. 
Frank, <laughs> Frank, are you asleep? Huh? No, I'm not. Frank's not. <laughs> like, that was the, but hey, that's that was the how the a book came about. But if you guys are listening to this, uh, if you want to hear the outcome of three days with me drilling Chris on everything and how his business runs. Yeah, uh, you can go uh, go buy a copy of the Million Dollar Real Estate Team. Uh, Chris went from br- making no money to netting after all expenses one million dollars in three years, and uh, helped write a book about it. I did. That's all. If anybody, and I don't want to like plug. This isn't all about me. And, and for anybody that's listening to the show, I don't think I've ever pushed anything. Um, but um, I'm happy to give out the book for free. Um, all I ask is for you to cover shipping. The book costs me like five to six bucks to print. It's like 200 some odd pages. Um, so it costs me five to six bucks to print, but um, uh, I'll pay for the book. You just got to pay for the shipping, um, you know, depending on wherever you live. Um, yeah. So the, the we set up a website for people to get the free copy. It's um, it's really a long domain. It's milliondollarrealestateteam.com, milliondollarrealestateteam.com. And it's it's just a landing page where you can get the book for free. Um, you just put in your first name, email address, your shipping address. Um, you got to put in a credit card to get the, um, you know, the book, uh, pay for the shipping. It's like, I think it's six bucks for shipping or something. I don't know, seven, eight bucks, something like that. I don't know. We it's put whatever it UPS you guys, you guys are getting email promotions when you watch the show. There's a link in there as well. So... Mickey, I won't take any more of your time. Thank you for coming on here. Thank you for sharing your top three lead sources. Yeah. Reviews and how you get them. Doctors, really residents, and working them through their whole journey. Mm -hmm. And then working your database. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. If anyone has any uh, business for Mickey in Charleston, reach out to Mickey. She'll be easy to find on Zillow. Easy to find with Google reviews. I'm sure she's available. That's right. So hopefully maybe some people refer some business to you, Mickey. And I'm sure you might have some people pinging you on Facebook or reaching out to you. What's this doctor thing you got going on? If I made it easy, could you get me involved? What's the website again? Yeah, you can go to drmoves.com. drmoves.com. Mickey, I see a coaching coaching company in your future just on that. I see it. I can vision it. That'd be fun. It would be fun. (laughs) I've got lots of secrets that I can divulge. Well, thanks for coming on here, Mickey. We appreciate your time. And everyone, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you on the next show. Thanks, Mickey.